Hi, good morning, church. Morning. So nice to see all of you. It's such a privilege to be able to stand here today again to share God's Word with all of us. Now, last week, Reverend Chris Ho, he preached a really powerful sermon. Do you remember what's the title of the sermon? Yes, uh, Stop Complaining, right? He said, Stop Complaining. And he, he admonished us to not complain and fully trust in the Lord, right? Before his sermon last Saturday, right, I went up to him and said, you know, Pastor, wow, your, your, your sermon title, uh, wow, very powerful, eh? very direct, you know, and to the point. Like you are, you are scolding us, eh, Pastor. And, and he said this to us, he said this to me, he said, you know, Chris, before, before we scold others, make sure we score ourselves first. You know, after hearing the words of Reverend Chris, I could understand what he meant. Because I firmly believe that before we can share or preach anything to all of you, you know, we better ensure that we have preached to ourselves first. You know, to have allowed God to have dealt with us first. And this, this morning, the sermon that I will be delivering to all of us, it is birthed from what God has been lovingly but firmly admonishing me in my life. It all started in my unplanned interactions with some of you. You may be wondering, what do you mean by unplanned interactions? So let me start off by sharing a few stories with, a few, with all of you. You know, a few weeks ago, right, in a span of just one day, I bumped into four of our cruise members in different parts of Singapore. You know, it all happened on a Monday, where it's a rest day for all of us staff members of Coos, right? And being a very routine person, I basically do the same thing every single Monday morning, all right? And right from the get-go, I bumped into two of our Coos members. If I'm not wrong, I think they are here in this service, I think. You see, right, every weekday morning, I will send my son Jeremiah to his school around 8 a.m., 8.15 a.m. And that Monday was the same. So as I sent him off at the school gate, you know, I said my goodbyes, I gave him a hug and a kiss. And then I turned and made my way back to my car because I have to send my second son, Zechariah. I had to send him to my, uh, my, my parents' place for him to have some grandparents' time with them. And as I walked towards my car, my line of sight met with that of this couple who was there also to send their kids to school. Now, I probably I was too, I wasn't uh, uh, present having the presence of mind, right? And I was rushing to get back to my car. So I just walked past them and they were just staring at me. You know, then after a while, the next thing I heard is, hey, Pastor Chris. You know, at that time, I have to confess, I was a little bit stunned. You know, who, who just caught me such early in the morning, you know? So I, I turned around and I was like, oh, hi, hi, you know? And I'm going to confess to all of you here as well. I did not recognize who they are. But, you know, but we ended up chatting for a while, you know, introduced ourselves, chatting for a while, yeah, outside our, our children's school, right? And thereafter, I went about my usual Monday routine, which is always grocery shopping, you know, for the ingredients that we are cooking for our sons for the rest of the week, right? So as usual, I went to the same fair price supermarket every single Monday morning. And as I was going up the travelator, I heard, Hi, Pastor Chris! So I looked up on my phone, you know, and I was like, hi. And there, going in the opposite direction, right, 
was one of our cruise member. She's going down, I'm going up. And once again, I'm going to confess, I don't know who she was, you know. But she said this, I know you, pastor. Do you know me? And then the, the travelator just, you know. Now, before, <laughs> if, you are, if you are that member in this service, please forgive me. Please, I'm, I'm very sorry, okay? I, I will remember your name. Okay, you can come to me at the end of the service. You know, I went about, so I just said my goodbyes. I just said, hello. Then I went off to NTUC. So I went about my grocery shopping, you know, buying the usual ingredients and weekly necessities. And as I turned the corner of an aisle, I heard, Hi, Pastor Chris. <laughs> Morning. Grocery shopping on your rest day, ah. You know, by this time, by this time, I just simply replied, Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm doing my usual Monday routine, you know. See you, take care. So we bid it farewell and went on our respective ways. In the span of just three hours that morning, I bumped into four cruise members. And as I made my way back to my car that morning, carrying my grocery bags, right, I sensed the Holy Spirit asking me this question. What do you think is on their minds when they see you? What do you think is on their minds as they are observing you? I was pondering this question and it led me to have some, some quiet time in the car, just musing over those questions. And out of that, it made me think about my life in general, of me being a Christian. And in my quiet moment in my car that morning, this sermon idea was birthed. And I sensed God asking me these questions which I hope to also ask us today, right at the start of my sermon. Do you think you represent Jesus well in your life? And if people are to see you or know you, will they say that you reflect Christ? And this is what I wish to speak to us this morning. It brings me to my text that I'll be sharing with all of us. It's taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And today I wish to speak to us about representing Christ to the world. You see, in the world that you and I are living today, we see so many divisions among people, among countries, right? So much discord, anger in our daily lives. And as believers of Jesus Christ, I wonder, do we sometimes become part of that division rather than the solution to these divisions? And today we will look at the church in Corinth, and the words of the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. But before we do so, let us set the context. You see, the church in Corinth at that time it isn't exactly a place of great flourishment, happiness, and health. No, it's the direct opposite. You know? In fact, during the time when the Apostle Paul wrote 2 Corinthians, there was great division happening in the church. Shocking immorality it permeated the church in Corinth. And even the Apostle Paul had to defend his apostleship from the self-proclaimed super-apostles. And this was the context in which the words of 2 Corinthians was written. Now, fast forward to 2022, the world that you and I are living right now. The church that you and I have this immense privilege to be part of here in Singapore. In many ways, I think we too we are also still trying to figure out our way in this spiritual journey with the Lord, right? And this morning, we will look at the words of Paul 
written to the church in Corinth. And let's see how, they can, how, how, how these words can be applied to us in our present time today. So turn with me. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 to 21. Right? This is our key text for this morning. I'll be reading from the NIV version. All right? You may also follow along the screen if you wish to do so. Right, let's read God's Word out loud together, okay, at the count of three. One, two, three. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that we might, in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer right, as we commit the rest of this study into His hands? Come, let's pray. Lord, we honour Your presence here in this place. Father, I pray that even as, that even as I deliver whatever that You have placed in my heart, Holy Spirit, would you breathe on every word that comes out from my mouth? And Lord, I pray for all of our hearts, Lord, to be fertile soil, to receive what you wish to speak to us this morning. We honour your presence and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say, Amen. Amen. Now, the letter of 2 Corinthians, it is one where we see the Apostle Paul He's working to repair his strained relationship with the Corinthians. But at the same time, in the second part of 2 Corinthians, we also see that Paul is admonishing the people of Corinth and rebuking them at times. And right here in 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21, we see that Paul is encouraging the people of Corinth to represent Jesus Christ and His kingdom well. He's speaking to them about the kind of life that Christians could live and should live. I would like to present to us four aspects, four aspects of what it means to represent Jesus and His kingdom to those around us. And through our key text, we will look at how, how these four aspects can be applied to our lives, and I'm going to call for a response at the end of the service. Now, the first aspect of us representing Christ is to know that we have gained a new perspective. Now look with me in 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17. It says, so, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. You know the word so in English, right? I went to search it up. <laughs> it's being used as something like a conjunction, right? Which means it's to introduce clauses of results. And, and what does it mean? And I realized, right, in other words, from now on, 
because of what Christ has done for you and I. As a result, we are to regard no one from a worldly point of view. What does Christ do? The answer can be found in the preceding verses, in verses 14 and 15. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. So the love of Christ through His death for you and I, it compels us to live in such a way that we should attain a new perspective, that we no longer see one another from a worldly point of view. Now, how does regarding someone from a worldly point of view look like? May I suggest to us that when you regard someone from a worldly point of view, it involves us putting people in categories. You know, in perception that sometimes can stand out in biases, in dislikes, looking down on people from different social status, social background, judging people. But in verse 15 that I've just read, it says, Christ died for all. What does that mean? In other words, Christ died for everyone, including those whom we view with disdain, those whom we view with judgment from time to time. Christ died for them too. In other words, they too have value. They too are loved by God. That their eternal worth is in God. You know, many years ago when I first, before I became a pastor, I was a, I was a teacher. You know, teaching in one of the secondary schools in Singapore. And I, I had to handle a police case which involves, a police case which involved my student, right? And I recall I recall being very upset with this student. And I still can remember him and his name very clearly in my head. You know, deep down inside my heart, I want justice to be served, you know. I want him to bear the consequences of his actions. And in my heart, I have already regarded him as someone who is incorrigible. This guy, no hope one. And we were in the principal's office that morning, waiting for the police to arrive, to escort him away. And just then, at the corner of my left eye, I saw a haggard woman and four young children, you know, walking towards the direction of the principal office. And the next thing I know, the woman, it was the mother of my student, and the four young children, they are his younger siblings, single mom, and my student being the oldest, he's the sole breadwinner of the house. He held many part-time jobs. He was in the secret society gang, doing a lot of vices, so as to get money for his family. You know, that morning as I watched him get escorted away by the police, right? You know, with his mom crying, children, the, his siblings crying. I remember tears stream down my eyes. Not because of the consequences that he has to bear, you know. Because, we, let's face it, right, on this side of eternity... We all have to face up to our mistakes, right? When human law governs us. But I teared more because it made me realize how easy it is for me to put, put people into categories and label them. It made me realize that it is so easy for my empathy to just sip away from me. 
in moments of anger, moments of frustration. And it made me see the condition of my own human heart. You know, very often there is a way. There's a way that the world would have us see one another. We need a new perspective, one that is divine, one that only God can help to open up our eyes to see. We need to look differently at the world. We need to see people around us differently. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. The world often pushes you and I to see one another in a particular way. Right? You look at all the various nationalistic elections that took place in different countries. Right? They shift the cultures of the nations. Or even places where there's a strong sense of division among the people. Right? The United States of America is one of the countries. I don't think I need to say more on that. You know, I do not know about all of us, all of you here, and I will not speak on behalf of all of you, but I know that sometimes I myself, I'm, I'm caught up in all this rhetoric where it's very easy to see others the way the world wants me to see them. But the Bible says through Paul that because Christ love has compelled me. From now on, I should not regard others from a worldly point of view. And one of the most gripping problems for all of us living in today's world is this. You know, too many, too many of us, right, we are being discipled by the cable news channels. Do you realize that? If you watch Fox News, you are in one camp. You know? But if you don't watch Fox News, you are probably not of the conservative and you are more in the liberal camp. You know, more and more people are being spiritually shaped by their social media feeds. It's like being in this echo chamber, right? And then, oh, and it, that goes on over and over again, and it slowly influences the way we view things and the way we see people. I believe all of us here, you know, including myself, we know of people whom when we first knew them, right, they were on fire for the Lord, right, had the same mission and vision as us. They were once prayerful, passionate for Christ. And now they have either fallen away from God or have completely changed their focus and they see things from a worldly point of view. What has happened? I would suggest to us that they have been wearing what I would term as worldly lenses, no, but Paul is telling us that as disciples of Jesus, we have, we have a new way of looking at things. We have a new set of lenses through which we see the world. You know, for those of us who wear glasses, which is a lot of you that I can see, right? Instead of two eyes, we have four eyes. Right? And for me, I have three eyes because my right eye is blind, right? So we wear these lenses to help us see things clearly, right? In my glasses, if it falls down my nose bridge because it's oily, all of you are just one blob of blur. You know, Reverend Chris, Pastor Gimio, I cannot see them anymore. You know? But if I align my glass, my lenses with my eye, ha, ah, all of your beautiful faces, now I can see. It's the same. You know, similarly, through Christ, we have been given a new set of lenses to help us see things not from a worldly perspective, but instead from a kingdom perspective. In verse 17, it starts off with this word, therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. You know, whenever we see this word that I've highlighted right there for, I want to encourage us, we should ask the question, what is this word there for? Right? The word therefore implies to us that it is connected to the new set of lenses that has been given to us. That through Christ, we have a new life. It is connected to the new lenses through which we see things and people. But oftentimes, in times of stress, anger, frustration, right, in the culture that we live in today, what happens is that, you know, we who are supposed to represent Christ, we who are supposed to represent Christ to the people, to be His witnesses, we seem to be bumped around more and more. You know, when you shake your head, your glasses just fall down, right? You know, it shakes the lenses out of place. And instead of seeing things from a godly perspective, we often end up seeing the way the world sees, isn't it? How do you view others? How do you view your colleagues, your co-workers? How do you view someone who has wronged you? Or in worst cases, who has betrayed you? You know, church, can I implore all of us this morning that we need, we need to readjust our lenses. You know, we have this privilege to be called sons and daughters of the Most High King. Many out there still do not know who Jesus is. You know, we can and we must represent Jesus well to those who have yet to know Him through the way we see others, the way we interact with others, especially those who hurt us. You know, sure, I, I know it's not easy, I'm not saying that it's, it's you know, easy-peasy. No, no, no. And at times, it is a struggle. It is bumpy. But in those times where our lenses are bumped around and we temporarily lose sight of the cross, can I encourage us this morning? Let us readjust our gospel lenses once again. You know, secondly, the second aspect of representing Christ is we must know that we are being sent on a mission of reconciliation. In verses 18 and 19, it says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, and He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. All this is from God. It refers to all those that is prior to verse 18, you know. It is important for us, right, to realize 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is actually a treasure trove of motivation, you know, of gospel mission. That all of this is from God, the new life that you and I receive, the new lenses, that God reconciled us to Himself through Christ and He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And He has committed to us some more, the message of reconciliation. You know, if you have not realized what I've just read, verse 19 is literally a repetition of verse 18. Very often in the New Testament, the writers, they love to engage in what is known as parallelism, in which those sentences that you just read, right, they are similarly worded, but they are not identically worded. And what's the reason? The reason is so that for us readers, we will fully catch, fully grasp 
what is going on in the Scripture verses that we are reading. And right here in verses 18 and 19, it is such a powerful, a beautiful and powerful picture. We, you and I, we have been reconciled by God through Jesus Christ. Why? To be agents of gospel reconciliation. We are given this ministry of reconciliation. And in verse 19, God even says through the Apostle Paul that He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You know, as I read and reread these verses in 18 and 19 as I prepare this sermon, the magnitude of these verses, it hit me. Because you see, for me, it's so easy sometimes to be caught up in all the other things, you know. Be it wanting things to turn out the way I desire, my self-centered entitlement working up in me, no, be, being caught up in situations that make it very easy for my dark side to be revealed. But oftentimes I forget that I've literally been reconciled to a holy God. We were once dead in our trespasses and sins, and now we are made alive in Jesus Christ. We are reconciled to be agents of reconciliation. And this morning I wish to encourage us, may we ask the Holy Spirit to seal it in our hearts, this awareness, this knowledge, not just mental knowledge, but deep down in our hearts, you know, of us being reconciled to Him. That out of it, out of this gratefulness, we will bring forth the ministry and the message of reconciliation to whoever we meet and wherever we are. You know, last week, Reverend Chris, he preached he shared this uh, famous verse in his sermon as well. I think most of us will know it. The verse of the Great Commission, right? Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Right? Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Now, how can we go and make disciples of others if when they see us, they see anything but Jesus? You know, for you and I, especially those who have came to know the Lord, because someone else, they shared the good news to us, right? Do you realize that we are, we are every one of us, we are on this great commission highway dated all the way back 2,000 years ago? You know, somebody told somebody about the good news, right? Then they made a disciple who made a disciple 2,000 years ago. And then 2,000 years later, somebody discipled the person, led him or her to Christ, and then this person shared the gospel with you, with me. And I would even say that some of these sharings, oftentimes they are not done overtly or in your face. Many times they are done through just representing Christ, through the way we treat others, you know, the way we speak, the way they, they react to conflict and tension. And out of that, we become amazed. Something is very different with this person. This person display Christ. You know, when I see Pastor Kim Yong, when I see Reverend Chris, the way they love people, the way they live their lives, because I have the privilege to know a little bit more about their lives. 
it baffles me because I know something is very different in them. They have encountered the true living God. And out of that encounter, they live very differently from the world. Thirdly, we represent Christ by being His ambassadors. In verse 20, it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the heart of it, right? At the time of this writing, the Apostle Paul is actually addressing this to himself and the people around, around him. But now through the words of Paul, God is telling us that this is our call today, to be ambassadors of Christ and to represent Him to those that have yet to know Him. I will say this lovingly, but firmly to all of us. Do you know that a lot of the world, a lot of the world does not look at us Christians and say that we represent Jesus and His kingdom well? You know, part of it is because they fundamentally disagree with what we believe in because they are of a different faith, right? And we, we all know we cannot change the hearts of people. Only God can. But at the same time, I want to suggest to us that a large part of why the world does not look at us Christians and say we represent Christ well, it probably has to do with the way we carry ourselves to others. Two weeks ago, I had a conversation with a medical doctor friend of mine. You know, just catching up on life and we encourage one another in our walk with the Lord. And in one part of our conversation, he said this to me. You know, Chris, it is very sad. All my patients and their families who give me the most issues and problems, they are Christians there. I don't really know how to react when he said those words to me. You know, the way they feel entitled, the way that they, wanted, they demanded all the services, talk to the nurses, their attitudes. You know, don't get me wrong, we, we, are, we are in no position to cast a judgment on them. But what, what grieved my heart when I heard those words is this. Jesus is not very well represented to those around them. That instead of spreading message of love, of reconciliation, what was spread instead is discord, self-centeredness, and ultimately, a bad name for Christ. For, for some Christians, and sometimes myself too, you know, we have actually chosen to be known primarily for something else rather than to be known to represent Christ well. Oftentimes, rather than being agents of reconciliation, we become agents of discord. I'm not saying that you guys are agents of discord. Okay, don't get me wrong. But I'm lay, lay, laying it out here to all of us this morning for us to reflect, for us to say, Holy Spirit, would you check my heart this morning? And lastly, we need to desire a revelation of what Christ has done for us. And that revelation will propel us to want to represent Him well. 
In the final verse in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, right? so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you realize that verse 21? Verse 21 is actually the doctrine of imputation. You know, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We read through, please go home and read through 2 Corinthians 5. You read through the whole chapter, and then right at the end, Paul wrote one of the key doctrinal passages, and then he talks about, which talks about imputation, that Christ took our sin. Our sin was deposited in him. God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So now when God looks at you and I, he does not see our sin. Instead, he sees Jesus' righteousness. You know, when we get this truth, church, when we get this truth, everything that I've just said from verses 16 to 20, right? it will make more sense to us. Because it is out of this gratitude of what God has done for us that we can get a new perspective, that we can wear a new set of lenses to which we see one another, that we can see that we are being sent on this mission of reconciliation, that you and I are ambassadors of Christ, that representing Jesus and His kingdom now becomes our top priority that we do all this because of Jesus' work on the cross. Two weeks ago, Pastor Kim Yong told us to not become weary of doing good. And then last week, Reverend Chris implored us, please don't complain anymore, and instead believe in Christ and go and share the gospel to those who have yet to hear it. This morning, I want to encourage us Let us not forget that we are representatives of Christ, that all of us are ambassadors of Christ. Amen? I wish to call for a response this afternoon, this morning, sorry. You know, through the preparation of this sermon, right, from from the start where I bump into four of our church members, you know, to the Holy Spirit planting the questions in me, to me studying the verses in 2 Corinthians 5, I really sense in my heart that God wants to ask us these questions. When others look at you, can they see Christ being reflected? Is the way you carry yourselves a representation of a disciple of Christ? Are you a messenger of reconciliation to those around you. You know, church, at the end of the day, can people see Christ in us? Or can they just see us? You get my question? But can they see Christ in us? Or can they just see us? I'll ask the media team to flash the slide again of the reflection questions. If your answer to this question is no, not all the time, I wish to pray with you. Notice I never say I wish to pray for you. I wish to pray with you because I want to join you in prayer. 
Because I know I'm not able to say that I always in my life reflect Christ to others. That I've always represented Him well. In fact, many times I'm not a messenger of reconciliation. Just last Sunday, last Sunday after this service, right, I was on my way to one of the young adults' cell group gatherings. They were having a barbecue. And I was rushing over because of the after Sunday services, right? And I was, I was in a very, being in a very flustered mood. And I became very rude to the security guard at the residence. You know, the moment I walked away from the guard, this sermon, my own sermon, it smacked me right in the face. So yes, I wish to stand with you and pray with you. Can I invite all of us to stand? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Right, please don't look around. You know, just now during worship, I was praying and I received these two, these two words. I'm going to say it out in faith. But if you are going through, if you have, if you are going through being rude, being dishonouring to your parents, whom have yet to come to know the Lord. And the second one is if you are in an estranged friendship, relationship, working relationship, and you wish to reconcile with this person, please close your eyes and bow your heads. If that is you, right? and, and, and also if you say that, you know, Pastor, I don't really reflect Christ often to, the, to those around me. If that is you, if you want to respond, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to respond, I just want you to raise your hand so that I can see. I'm the only one that will open my eyes. The rest of you, please close your eyes to respect one another. But if that is you and you want to respond, please raise your hand. I see the hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you may put down your hands. Thank you. Lord, we, we come before you here in your presence. No pretense. Lord, you already see all our flaws. You already see our struggles. Lord, I stand with my brothers and sisters, those that you have, that have responded to you, to your word today. Father, I just lift them up to you, God. Lord, I pray. I pray right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, what you do what only you can do in their hearts. Lord, would you bring conviction to all of us, Lord, to represent you well, to be ambassadors of you, Jesus, to those who have yet to know you, through the way we speak, the way we, we view others, the way we think about others, through the words that come out from our mouths. Father, fill us with your love, a love that is divine, a love that is not man-made, God. Fill our hearts with compassion, with empathy. Help us see the way you see. I commit them into your hands, God. Commit my brothers and sisters to your hands. That Lord, even as we respond, even as we sing this song, the power of your love, let your love overwhelm us today. That out of that gratitude, out of that awareness of what you have done for us, God, we 
will be messengers of reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, let's worship Him. All right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Sing, Lord, I come to you. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be. Yes, God, change our hearts. Renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. Be stripped away. Hallelujah. By the power of your love. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. And as I wait, I'll rise up like the eagles, and I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Lord, unveil our eyes this morning. Yes, Lord. Lord, unveil my eyes, let me see you face to face, the knowledge of your love as you live in me. Renew our minds, God, Lord, renew my mind as your will unfolds. In living every day, yes, God, by the power of your love, hold us close, God. Hold me close, let your love surround me. You bring. And as I wait, I'll rise up like the eagles, and I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Let's sing it one more time, God. You hold us close. Hallelujah. Let your love surround me. Bring us near to you. Draw me to your side. And as I 
And we will soar with you. Your spirit leads us on in the power of your love. Lord, indeed, you draw us close to you. That we will give our ears to you. We will listen as you speak to us through the Holy Spirit. Lord, I entrust all of us into your hands in this journey with you, God, in times, in times when we find it so hard to represent you to this world. Holy Spirit, you help us. You are our counsellor. You are our helper. Help us, Lord. We lean on you. Lord, I commit my brothers and sisters into your hands. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and always. Amen. 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 Service is over. If you have a prayer request, a prayer need, come forward. Let us pray with you. All right, see you next week.